Section B. Source of Theological Knowledge, Divine Revelation Where is this revelation contained? It is important for us to know exactly where this revelation is contained, because therein we have the principles of theological science, i.e. its starting point. Of course, those sources of revelation are accessible only to our faith. Without faith, we could not approach those principles and theology is dead. Where, then, are those sources of revelation? God has revealed himself to man, entrusting the teaching of this revelation to the church founded by Christ. This revelation has been gradual, as man was not in a position to take it all at once. There was a divine pedagogy throughout centuries of gradual revelation to the patriarchs of the Old Testament, the Mosaic Law, the judges and kings, and the prophets. The climax of this revelation is in God's own Son, the very Word of God who became flesh in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is the fullness of revelation, the final word, the Word, after which, therefore, nothing can be added. And to whom has this Word been entrusted? To the Church. Jesus Christ, the Word of God and Son of God, spoke of His Church and founded it upon the twelve apostles headed by Peter. Divine revelation is therefore contained in what was handed to the church, the word of Christ. This word has been transmitted by the church, both in speech and in writing. Revelation is thus contained in two sources, the written word, i.e. Holy Scripture or the Bible, and the unwritten word, which is called the sacred tradition. But both scripture and tradition make up a single, inseparable source, transmitted and interpreted infallibly by the Church. Because the Holy Spirit has been given to the Church for this purpose according to the Word of God, so that this divine revelation, the divine Word, will be kept in its entirety to be faithfully transmitted through the teaching authority of the Church. These, therefore, are the principles of theology as a science. In the science of physics, for example, the principles are the data supplied by observation of material things, and so physics depends on them for its existence as a science. In theology, the principles are contained in the divine word, which is therefore the rule of theology. We have to go to the divine word, accepted on faith, believing it fully. But who guarantees that this is the real word of God? The church. That's why the proximate rule of faith, and thus of theology, is the teaching authority of the church, and the ultimate rule is scripture and tradition. If we approach the Bible or tradition, ignoring the church, we may be misled. What we do is to consult the church, the teaching authority of the church. What has the church said on this? We listen to the church, and we realize then, that when the church teaches, she always teaches with the Bible on one hand and tradition on the other. She is a living teacher, while the Bible alone or tradition alone are dead things. They are alive only in the church. The theologian, as a scientist, then, has to study and teach always in agreement with the teaching authority, magisterium, of the church which is the power of the church to teach the truths of revelation infallibly. The entire revelation is the work of the Holy Spirit, 
speaking first through the spokesman of God, then through the Son of God himself, and thenceforward in the church. It is not for the church to increase the deposit of revelation. The church doesn't invent anything or increase or decrease anything. The mission of the church is to accept the deposit of revelation and to pass it on in a living way to generation after generation to all peoples of all times without adding or subtracting anything. What then is the task of theology not to add to or subtract from revelation but to help us to understand better what we believe so that we can live it better. The supernatural truths are accepted by man through the faith he has by trusting in the authority of God who reveals them. Faith has two very closely connected meanings. One is the act of belief, not what I believe. I believe in Christ, for example, thus Christ is my faith but also my believing in Christ is my faith. We can call the act of believing subjective faith and the object of belief objective faith. Divine revelation, therefore, is objective faith contained in scripture and tradition and handed on by the church, while the act of believing whereby I accept this is my subjective faith. This act of faith is an act of understanding, prompted by an act of the will which accepts the witness of God as true because there is nothing more believable than what God says. This act of the will, however, is prompted by divine grace. That's why both the act of faith and the virtue of faith are supernatural faith. Is a gift from God. See forward. When I believe, I understand, but this is not an act of understanding something on the evidence of it, because the truth in this case is not evident, as when I see the table in front of me. If I say, Jesus is the Son of God, and believe it, it's not something I can see directly. Why do I believe it? Because I trust in him. I want to trust in him. An act of my will makes me believe. But this act of the will is entirely free, because there is no compulsion to believe. This is why the prompting of grace is required. God's grace moves the will to move the mind to accept what is proposed as a matter of belief. The act of faith is therefore a supernatural act, and the virtue of faith is also supernatural. As for the content of the faith, the objective faith, the truth we believe in, it is the principle, the foundation, and the rule of theology. Theology doesn't try to prove the truth of the faith because it takes the faith, the revelation, as the starting point. What theology does is to deepen the understanding of this revelation so that we can live it better. Specifically, it tries to reach a deeper understanding of the articles of the faith with the help of comparisons, similarities with natural truths, with other things we already know. Let us look, for example, at the reality of our divine affiliation. How does theology approach this matter? It looks at the data. Where? In Revelation. What does Revelation say about our divine filiation? 
about the fact that we are children of God. Look at that sentence at the beginning of St. John's Gospel, that all those who believe in him were not born of flesh, of the will of man, but of God. Those who believe become children of God. How can we understand this? Theology, then, may try to compare that divine filiation to human filiation, trying to better understand this reality by means of that analogy with human filiation. Another way in which theology studies the faith is, as the First Vatican Council teaches, by noticing the connection of the divine mysteries with one another, like that between the Blessed Trinity and our redemption, how the Blessed Trinity gets involved in our life, and how this takes place in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. This is the work of theology, the study of the connection of the mysteries, relating them to one another and to the last end of man. What is the end of man? Happiness, in the union with God forever. Thus we see that the Blessed Trinity, Redemption, the Holy Eucharist, are related to one another and to the last end of man, to the happiness of man, to glory, to the beatific vision. However, the First Vatican Council also states that all these truths studied by theology are always studied through the darkness of faith. We do not enjoy a direct vision of these mysteries. That's why, even when they are studied by theology, they remain wrapped up in obscurity. These are truths which we can understand, but never completely they are understandable. Otherwise, they would not be a revelation, but incomprehensible. That's what a mystery is. Not something which doesn't mean anything, but something that means so much that we can never understand it completely. As theology needs faith, the study of theology, therefore, requires a right disposition of the soul, a disposition of humility and obedience and profound piety. One cannot study theology as one would study physics or chemistry. It must be studied with a deep disposition of humility because we are approaching God, who infinitely surpasses us. Obedience, because God is the supreme truth, there is nothing more truthful than what he says, and a profound piety, an attitude of prayer and adoration, asking for enlightenment from God, because our mind is obviously limited, and we are confronted with an infinite object. Theology, therefore, is studied in order to get closer to God, and to be able to strive for sanctity with better knowledge and to help other persons to find their way to God, apostolate.